the hope of music's healing powers. Yes, yes, it hath charms to soothe a savage beast, but researchers are finding that music may also be an effective balm for many other afflictions. The isolation of conditions such as autism and Alzheimer's, conditions caused by strokes or the physical stress of entering the world too early. While music therapists use a mix of improvisation and proven techniques to help patients, neuroscientists are looking to uncover the scientific basis for music's healing powers. They are trying to understand how music can help rewire a brain affected by illness or injury or provide a workaround for injured or underperforming brain regions. According to Dr. Gottfried Schlag, a Harvard University neurologist, music might provide an alternative entry point to the brain because it can unlock so many different doors into an injured or ill brain. Pitch, harmony, melody, rhythm, and emotion, all components of music, engage different regions of the brain. And many of those same regions are important in speech, movement, and social interaction. If a disease or trauma has disabled a brain region needed for such function, music can sometimes get in through a back door and coax them out through another route. Well, I want to begin by thanking the Universal Rock Band for agreeing to join me on this service today and for helping us to rock out a little bit. My name is Pamela Vincent, and I have been honored to serve this congregation for the last 14 years, probably as a worship associate, and I am um, deeply honored to present the service this morning. Bruce Springsteen has been called a savior and a traitor, the working man's singer, and the boss. His curiosity and spirituality make him American folk music's ultimate storyteller and his connection with the E Street Band make him rock's ultimate showman. Springsteen is the history of music personified. He's the king of rock and roll who held on to his crown. He's the social conscience of Woody Guthrie and Johnny Cash, the street attitude and energy of the Who and the Ramones, the poetry of Chuck Berry and Bob Dylan, the grand performance of Elvis Presley and James Brown, the earnest soul of Ray Charles and Wilson Pickett, and the hopeless romance of Hank Williams and Roy Orbison. No other artist of Springsteen's caliber has created such credible music while fostering such positive change in the world. His mostly consistent catalog contains some of the most compelling American songs ever recorded, and in the decades since his first album, he continues to influence generations of artists with his work and actions. A large part of Springsteen's popularity is the sense that his music points to something deeper and somehow essential in our lives. His music helps us make sense of the tangled, sometimes disparate threads of our lives. This, I think, is religious undertaking, a ministry of healing. After all, the word religion comes to us from the Latin religare, to bind together again. We've heard that several times. It refers to a system of perspectives, of metaphorical and, meta and mythological schemes that binds things together for people, provides us with a sense of meaning and transcendence. 
For many people, Springsteen's work either gives them this overarching meaning or provides them with fresh tools for discerning it more clearly. In much the same way that scientists find that music provides an alternative entry point to the brain, music can be the entry to those emotional connections that make us human, to bind us together in community. Over and over again, the themes of love and hope are evident in Springsteen's music. Like a catfish dancing on the end of the line as he sings in The Rising, he never wavers in singing a defiantly hopeful song of life. As gritty and realistic and unsentimental as most of his songs are, he seldom gives despair the last word. With grace and courage, the darkest night gives way to morning, the deepest wounds find healing, and a glimmer of hope usually appears even in the most hopeless and dysfunctional situation. In Thunder Road, which we heard as prelude this morning, Springsteen pays homage to the challenges and trials of everyday working Americans. It's a song about commencement, about graduation, about getting on with that next stage in life, for only in the future can the promise of a more abundant life be redeemed. The singer calls out for Mary, his girlfriend, to join him on this journey. But Mary's not sure. Like many of us, she's a little afraid of change. She's afraid of the unknown. We all hear those internal voices that keep telling us we're never going to make it. The singer says, maybe we're not that young anymore. And we hear those voices too. Maybe we're too old, too thin, too fat, too rich, too poor. We have to do more and do it better to be worthy to reach out and grasp what we really yearn for. But there are other voices too. The voices of those who really are, who really believe in us, and that deep inner voice that reminds us of how brave and strong we can be. You're all right, and that's all right with me. Show a little faith, because there's magic in the night. Heaven's waiting down the tracks. Take my hand. We're going to ride out tonight to the promised land. That promised land, the future, beckons with possibility, with hope, the hope that things will be better. But nothing changes if we keep putting our hopes for salvation outside ourselves. If we keep, as Springsteen sings, waiting for a savior to rise from these streets, if we never take the next step for ourselves, nothing will change. We must find some way to build upon the imperfect, to realize that redemption is beneath this dirty hood. In our ritual of welcoming new members to this church, we affirm that the way of liberal religion is not an easy one, and Springsteen reminds us of that. He says, the door may be open, but the ride, it ain't free. <laughs> There's a price to pay. We, each of us, must do the heavy lifting. We got to leap from the front door, from the front porch to the front seat. We must respond to the call of life. We got to case out that promised land and pull out of here to win. Contrasting to the opening lands of Badlands, which we'll hear later, the lights are out tonight and there's trouble in the heartland, Springsteen lets us know right away we're on a different journey than he began with in Born to Run and Thunder Road. We are no longer the boy out on the streets, cruising aimlessly. We're right in the thick of things. There's real people and real lives and responsibilities and real tragedies. Bruce is letting us know that he's grown up now, He's reacting to the political and social events of the early 1970s, the withdrawal from Vietnam, Watergate, and a depressed economy. 
Rebecca Parker, who's president of the Star King School of Theology, writes in her essay, After the Apocalypse, Sometimes today's culture overwhelms me with a sense of tremendous speed and no breaks. Stop the world, I want to get off. This desire to be in control leads to smaller and smaller spheres of activity. Bruce speaks to that about wanting this control. He says, I want the heart, I want the soul, I want control right now. He's echoing this constant struggle to maintain our personal autonomy and integrity in a world that increasingly fosters alienation and fragmentation. This desire to be in control and leads us to smaller spheres of activity. We want to be in charge. We isolate ourselves from those who can help us. You've got to live it every day as the price you've got to pay. This is the road to liberal religion that is not easy. You've got to live it every day. If we are to live authentic lives in this religious community, it's the price we have to pay. And when we pay the price, our reward is the hope that the tide may turn and a time may come when those badlands start treating us good. I believe in the love you gave me. I believe in the faith that can save me. I believe in the hope, and I pray that someday I may rise above these bad lands. Springsteen here invokes the three theological virtues, as Paul reminds us in 1 Corinthians. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. Prophets will come to an end, tongues will cease, and knowledge will come to an end. And now faith, hope, and love abide, and the greatest of these is love. I believe in the hope you gave me. I believe in the faith that can save me. I believe in the love. I believe in the hope. And I pray that someday I may rise above these bad lands. Springsteen has consistently recorded material that not only examines the tension between individuality and community, but also embraces his working-class roots and articulates a concern for social and economic justice. Like Walt Whitman and Woody Guthrie, whose observant eyes recorded a restless nation in formation, Springsteen finds truth in the common experience of ordinary people, all the while holding out hope for a better life. The rhetorical aim of Springsteen's art seems to be lift people up and to give them hope. Or as Woody Guthrie put it, I am out to sing songs that will prove to you that this is your world. And if that, hit, and if that world has hit you pretty hard and knocked you for a dozen loops, no matter how hard it's run you down and rolled over you, no matter what color you are, what size you are, how you were built, I'm out to sing the songs that make you take pride in yourself and in your work. Like his forebears, Walt Whitman, when Whitman reacted, I'm sorry, when Whitman reacted to the assassination of Lincoln by writing, Oh Captain, My Captain, he left us with more than just a great poem. His personal response to this war and its aftermath provided a blueprint for transforming personal experience into art. Springsteen, I think, is a direct spiritual descendant of, of Whitman. He achieved something similar to that in his album, The Rising. The Rising is an important, seminal work in Springsteen's lexicon. It was generally recognized and praised as one of the few lengthy, concentrated artistic responses to the attacks of September 11th. 
One reviewer called Springsteen the nation's poet laureate of 9-11. This song can be viewed as a process that moves through feelings of hopelessness, grief, divisiveness, and hatred before settling into renewed strength, faith, love, and hope for reconciliation. The, The graphic reminders of the concrete reality of that day, the blood, the dust, the sky, and fire are recurring images throughout the song, but it provides a way into the human experiences which find their expression in feelings of mourning, anger, and finally pleas for mediation. While the rising concerns itself with all of those responses, the dominant mood created is a profound sadness in response to both the loss of life and the wound to the nation's heart. The album as a whole is much like a prayer. It's repeated litany of the need for strength, hope, faith, and love. But Springsteen also introduces a call for revenge. He talks about an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. And this complicates what could be a simple eulogy or testament to America's heroes of that day. But most importantly, the rising comes back. It comes back to offer hope for mediation between the tensions that threaten to tear people apart. Springsteen makes it clear that faith, along with hope, strength, and love, is needed as a means to bring about mediation between extremes, both a traditional faith in a higher power and a humanist faith in the possibilities of human connection.